Hello and welcome to the Asia Book Club. I'm Summer O'Toole. I'm a romance author and with me is not my best friend Kelsey. Instead we have Shawnee from Shawnee Reads. To give a little update on kind of what's going to be going on with the podcast this season and going forward. Kelsey, as you guys know, is my best friend, but she is also a very busy high school teacher, has a lot going on in her personal life, as well as dealing with her own chronic illnesses. And she's not as deeply entrenched in the book world as I am and some of my other friends. And this podcast just wasn't filling her up in the same way it fills up my cup. And she decided that we mutually broke up with the podcast, which is all good. I'm happy for her. We're still best friends no tough feelings but going forward we're going to be having rotating co-hosts so I have an awesome group of maybe six or eight women who are going to be rotating throughout the season co-hosting with us and one of them is the lovely Shawnee. Hello. And in the spirit of spicing things up slash new hosts new weekly hots starting question i think we're gonna ditch the weekly hots we don't have mr emt updates anymore from kelsey and her other sexcapades so i doubt anybody wants to hear about our boring mary he really yeah, carried he was like the show he really carried the segment for a lot of us did he even know that he was carrying that yeah segment? he he found the podcast and i think he was but yeah so the new our new starting question this may change but it's gonna be what was your last like what last quote fished you so that's like on tiktok or instagram when you see a quote or a teaser completely out of context and you're like done sold yeah and i feel like we want to specify that quote fishing isn't necessarily <laughs> bad like catfishing always obviously has a negative connotation but just like something that drew your attention and you were immediately like yep i would like to yeah, read about exactly. that exactly yeah. Shall I go first since I immediately yes. have an answer? I feel like I'm not going to say the name of this book because it actually ended up being like a true quote fishing situation where I got really excited. I saw a teaser from an author that said, I don't, this is like all I remember about it, which is that there was a, there's a woman and then her captor delivers her an exact copy of his dick but like in a dildo form and the quote was something like oh you better start practicing on this because you'll need to be able to take me and I was immediately like excellent I will be reading that book and then and I'm sorry for anyone who knows what book that is and is planning to read it but I'm gonna spoil it and it barely happens in the book she barely uses it it's like the delivery is like the whole big thing and I was really upset by it the book was very mid in general like it was like the most basic captive mafia protecting you from worse mm-hmm. people in a book but he, just the fact that I was like really excited to see how the whole panned out and then like that whole teaser was like the whole thing so not the best quote fishing situation that I've had, but so you're you know. telling me that there was no DP with his real dick and his dildo dick. No, but that's Missed what I was like Loki waiting for. <laughs> Seriously, I'm gonna slide into this author's DMs and be like, "Did you even consider?" Because curious minds want to know. Bonus epilogue? Question mark. <laughs> Holiday special. So mine is actually what got us got the topic for this episode which is flawless by elsie silver i shawnee included i have a bunch of friends who are feral for elsie silver's books and i see them all over the place 
they look really good, but they're like contemporary Western vibes. And we all know if someone's not getting murdered, I'm like not interested in the spirit of trying new things. I saw this teaser from Booked with Ray on Instagram. And it's the sound like, I'm going to do a wraparound. I'm going to do a wraparound. And she says, when you're reading a cowboy romance where the main male character is basically ripped from Yellowstone and he says, keep talking like that and I'm going to fuck the filth right out of your pretty mouth. And then, suck Willa, prove to me (laughs) you're good enough for the job and maybe I'll give you my cock. So this is book two in that series. Yep. So I was like, let's start with book one. Because I know there's something about whipped cream in the first one. There is. It's funny that you mentioned the whipped cream because I remember I got I got the arc for both Flawless and Give Me More by Sarah Kate the same week. And they both have fairly filthy whipped cream scene. And I, I sent both of them a message being like, did you guys coordinate this? Are you like in the pocket of the whipped cream lobby? And they were like, no, but we should have. Who do we call? Can we get ready, Mr. Ready Whip on the phone or whatever? But, I, but yeah, no, that's a good... That's a good quote, yeah. fish, right? Got you to read the book that the quote isn't even yeah, about. Yeah, <laughs> so true. And I feel like the the quote had like, it was two of them, and maybe they're from the same scene, but it looked like it was separated. And I was just like, I love when you know that there's going to be at least more than that one spicy scene. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, because sometimes you... Like, when you see the same scene being circulated Mm -hmm. in teasers and videos, you're like, either the book is really bad and no one can come up with anything else to tease about it, or that Mm -hmm. is the only spicy scene. Yeah. It's one or the other. Let's talk about Flawless. I feel like I need a segment of Summer's petty annoyances, but I also don't know if an author should have those, like, publicly. (laughs) Maybe I'll only do them for books that I end up liking. But I have, like, okay, so you know how I recently almost read Iced Out and I DNF'd it. Okay. And it was for, like, all these really small, like, things that, like, aren't bad. But for some reason, they, like, make me irrationally mad. Yeah, so this is my, like, petty pet peeves section. Okay. Is this going to be the entire podcast? Because I'm going to be really sad if you really. I like, like the this. book. I like the book. It's literally oh, just. Yeah. God. No, I'm no. Glad it's, I'm it, no I, I did like the book. I finished it. It's the first book okay. I finished since Ooh. December. Sinner's Playground. I haven't finished Sinner's Playground. <laughs> oh. <laughs> You've been reading that for nine months. <laughs> yeah. I'm so close to finishing okay. Congra- Congratulations. You finished this. Do you want to give a recap or should I give a recap? I can give okay. a recap. So Flawless is the first in the Chestnut Springs series, I think that's what it's called, from Elsie Silver. And it's the first in the series. Did I just say that? I might have said that twice. So Flawless is the first book in the Chestnut Springs series from Elsie Silver. And it is a bull rider romance with like sports romance vibes, but also cowboy Mm -hmm. small town vibes. Like it's... I was actually thinking about this earlier today. It's interesting because it's not quite any of those, but it's a little bit mm-hmm. of all of them, which I really like. Where it's, it doesn't feel like it's just about them living in the small town, or it's not just about like him being a bull rider or what, or like the ranch life or whatever. 
But so basically there's Rhett Eaton, who is like a veteran bull rider who's nearing the end of his career, or people think that he's nearing the end of his career, but he says something silly about his sponsors and lands himself into a bit of PR hot water. And his agent assigns the agent, his daughter, Summer, is like a junior agent at this PR firm or a management firm, whatever it's called. Then Summer becomes Rhett's sort of babysitter minder to make sure that he doesn't shoot off at the mouth again because he's because obviously they want to preserve his sponsors and summer is this like perky type a but like still has a kind of take no prisoners attitude and like rent tries to get under her skin immediately because he's like oh i'm a big bull rider i know what's up whatever and summer's look you're not going to stop making money if you want to retire so shut up and behave <laughs> so obviously there's Forced proximity situations when they go on the road and Rhett eventually starts to crack like his facade of being this like gung-ho macho bull rider type starts to crack when Summer realizes that he's injured and his family doesn't really care for his career because they think it's dangerous and obviously it is, but they form this relationship that neither of them has had with anyone else in their lives as they're on the road. And obviously they fall in love and there's some hot scenes and there's some cute scenes. There's also like their families are shitty to them the entire time. But there's like complicated family relationships that don't, at least to me, they don't feel trite or like too overdone. I felt like we got Um, enough of them for the impact to be made and for us to understand why summer and Rhett are like the way they are why they have these outlooks but it wasn't like layered on too thick where you're like okay we get it like it sucks you know what I mean it was well done it was like you only got what you needed yeah and it doesn't take over the romance Mm -hmm. in because I feel like in these kind of situations it's sometimes when there's like family drama that doesn't have actually have anything to do with the relationship, the main relationship, it doesn't influence the relationship when it could be like a really easy way to get drama into that relationship when there isn't necessarily some, I don't know. I guess their like minor breakup does come Mm -hmm. as a result of Summer's family things, but I think it also has a lot more to do with Rhett just not thinking highly of himself yeah that was like the longest summary of this book (laughs) i think it was good it covered what we needed to also the main character's name is summer which really didn't actually bother me and oh really i was gonna ask you about that i was listening to it via alexa and then i was like what because i guess when Mm -hmm. i'm like reading it it doesn't stand out to me as much but then when i heard it i was like huh (laughs) There's also a bit of an age gap. I don't remember how old Rhett is, but... I think he's 34, and I think Summer is 26. So, almost. If I remember correctly. Yeah. Because Rhett is the second oldest brother, and Cade is in Heartless, which is the second book. Cade is 38. So, Rhett is Isn't Rhett the baby brother? Above Violet. No, I think Bo is... I know Bo is older, because at one point... When he's dancing with Summer. And Rhett's can I step in? He's sure, baby bro. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember. It's been a while since I... It's been a while since I read it. So I don't remember that 
particular. Maybe he is, is the youngest brother. But Violet Violet is definitely the youngest of Heartless? all. Heartless? Wait, no. The other one. The third uh-huh. one that she just announced the title of. Yeah. Powerless? Is that Bo? No, that is their friend Jasper. Oh, I'm excited for him. Yeah, the hockey player. And it's friends to... I think it's like childhood friends to lovers. I really should know since I am on Elsie's team and whatever. But I'm just waiting for the I'm just waiting for the arc to hit my Kindle, which it should come in a couple of days. Actually, Ooh. I'm very excited. Come, the book comes out I think on February 10th. Oh wow, or something like that. It's like er, it's early February. Cool. Yep. Speaking of tropes, this book is advertised as enemies to lovers. Do you find it to be an... No, that's not right. It's like they were annoyed with each other, and then two chapters in, Rat is like, damn, what's that mouth do? Yeah, I don't think that's right. I think it's... Honestly, it's like a workplace romance. Yeah. Yeah. Really. But it's like an unusual workplace, because they are on the road, and it's like the sports kind of vibe but yeah no i don't think it's enemies to lovers because i don't think they hate each other at any point and summer definitely doesn't like hate like i think he she finds him irritating for a lot of the time because he's she's i'm not your babysitter but can you stop fucking up this is both (laughs) of our careers on the line start behaving like a grown-up you idiot but yeah no i don't think enemies to lovers i would say the forced proximity there's one Mm -hmm. bed there's one that you you normally see in like fantasy a lot which is the taking care of the injured one oh yeah I like that. And yeah, then there's H Gap. But yeah, no, I wouldn't call it enemies to lovers for sure. I nope. think. <laughs> I feel like people are just putting enemies to lovers on everything because yeah, it'll sell. Totally fair. People love that. Yeah, it's the subtitle on Amazon is Flawless A Small Town Enemies to Lovers Romance. Which I mean, a lot like catchier than like workplace forced proximity romance. Workplace, except that it's not actually workplace. It's like random hotels and rodeo arenas around Canada. <laughs> yeah, no, it doesn't really fly off the tongue as well as easily. Don't hear about my random pet peeves. You need to come up with like yeah. for this segment. Nit nit nitpicky summer. Petty. <laughs> wow. Great branding. I love it. <laughs> okay. I don't know what it... Maybe if anybody's listening has suggestions on what this little segment could be called, which honestly might not be for every book. Thanks that Summer is annoyed by that no one else yeah. even noticed in the book. <laughs> That's what it's going to be. Because <laughs> I'm going to be like, wait, what? Huh? Huh? So one of them is like anyway. how... So each chapter begins with a chunk of texts, either between Summer and her dad, or Rhett and Summer's dad, who's his, like, longtime agent, or Rhett and Summer, etc. And in the beginning, like, every single one is about, stay out of my daughter's pants, and, like, the... And him telling Summer, don't let him into your pants, and she's, I'm more of a skirt girl, and I'm just like, why are we talking about this with you? Yeah, I think... I feel like... So I okay okay I know what you're getting at because I personally love text messages in books, especially when they're well done. So oftentimes they're like really poorly done, but I think these are particularly yeah. I didn't have a problem with them being text. Messages. Oh, so you just had a problem with the fact that Kip was like, "Don't yeah, fuck my daughter." Wait, okay, let me get some quotes. 
Also, the cover, the dude on the cover is not Rhett. I just need everyone to know. I have a different Rhett in my head. Obviously, you would have a different Rhett because you, <laughs> you characters that you write and read about are never looking like anyone else thinks what they look like. I actually think that they're like a pretty good approximation for the descriptions mm-hmm. in the book, but the cover... I remember when it got revealed and I was like, why is her neck so weird? It's like a weird angle and her lips are parted in an off way. Like I was like, it's just giving like yeah. soft core porn. I think but she definitely anyway. buys the photos before she starts writing because no. Uh-uh. No, she, no, those are photo shoots that she Okay, because the, that dress is legit from a scene in the book. Yeah, no, she, so she, Elsie selects the models okay. and the photo, like the photo shoots are done oh, for okay. these books. Okay, so she got them to match um, it, vice versa. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Or I don't know if she like saw this model and wrote the description based on yeah. them or whatever, but I remember her saying that like she, those are actually like commissioned photo shoots for because she uses like the same couples in all of her teaser photos and it's like mm. from the same shoot. Megan Quinn. All the stuff. I could be talking out of my Megan butt. Quinn does the same thing where she has like cover shoots with her model and then uses a lot of photos from that aren't just like the cover photo for te- teasers. Yes, for sure. Okay, so some examples. Heading out there now, Dad. Be safe. Don't want that asshole in your pants. Summer, I'm really more of a skirt girl. Another time. He'll win you over. Just make sure he keeps his dick in your his pants. Summer. I'll pass along the message, a sure way to win him over. And those are just a handful of them. Which is, okay, reading them out loud, I guess guess that's not that bad. But there was, like, a lot of fixation on (laughs) Rhett's dick coming from the father. And, like, what Summer was doing with the dick. Yeah, I get that. But I think that it's also, the way I see it is that Kip has seen Rhett on tour... And because Rhett is very much like nothing happens in the hometown, everything happens on the road. And he even says it. He's, I don't fuck anyone in Chestnut Springs or whatever the hometown is because it's just going to get messy. So I feel like Kip has only seen him on the road. And I think that's his expectation of how he's Mm going to behave. And I think it's like cutesy kind of dad thing where this is like Summer's first account. So yeah, I get it. I get it. Um, But I think it's also like forbiddenness. For sure. Yeah. I also think it's like it it gives a glimpse of Kip and Summer's relationship and like how they really are close because it seems like they're not uncomfortable clearly mm-hmm. talking about it and Summer's like not oh my yeah. god dad like she's just haha yeah. very funny I think it's that she she's I'm a grown up yeah. right and I understand that this is why you're telling me this but I am a grown up yeah. so shut up so I don't know it's not a huge it's deal, not I, I still like but. the book. But it's not my it's not my pet peeve. It's your pet peeve. <laughs> and then the other one is I don't even know if this is a pet peeve, but it literally made me like drop my Kindle in like shock. So I don't know if Elsie has anybody in her life named Summer, but the amount of times like I could be rich without a penny for every time somebody was like, Oh, is your sister named Winter? And this bitch's <laughs> sister's name was yeah. Winter. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that and I was like that I was a little too my much Kindle. I was shook because I was like no who, even if I had a sister like, who would do that you know? yeah it was a little cheesy especially when Winter is like the 
coldest, most frigid <laughs> bitch on earth. So a little, a little too much, but I don't know. She is winter is like one of the like side characters that I have like very strong, like I will slap a bitch feelings mm-hmm. about. Because, like, none of the reasons that she has to hate Summer have anything to do with Summer. And it's just really irritating. Something I really did like, though, was that there was a huge focus, both from Rhett and Summer, on almost, like, immediately, too, on each other's, like, strengths and bravery or intelligence there was a good amount of like a good amount of what that mouth do but there's also like actually there's one point i highlighted it look at me with all my notes i'm a new person good job wait so you highlighted things that are not just yes i know incredible i love it they're eating chicken wings i think oh they're in the hotel they're on the road. I'm trying to remember what this reference... Okay, so she says... They're talking about something. And then she says, getting back to my last statement. Yeah, I think I could do this. I think I'm strong enough. And then he said, smart enough too. Which... He says, I think half the battle with these is having a strategy you can't just brute first your way through. So I don't really know what he's talking about there. But... It was really sweet and stood out to me that she was like, I think I could do that. Like, I'm pretty strong. And he's, you're also really smart. Yeah, I think that what they're talking about there is because Summer is, she has these moments while they're on the road. She's, I don't really know if I like doing this as a job. And because, like, she had taken the job to be her father's help or second so it's not necessarily that she's and as you get to the end you realize that like she doesn't actually continue Mm -hmm. with this career but i think she's just talking about i know i can do this even if it's not something that i have the resilience to do this i have the perseverance to do this job even if it's not my favorite so i do appreciate that and i think summer talks to him in the same way where she talks about how he needs he needs to understand that he is worthy of being valued as a member in his family and and it's not like his family is necessarily mean to him mm-hmm. and belittle him but they're just well we're really busy on the ranch and you're probably like they don't like quite approve of him being a bull rider but they like let him do yeah. it and but he also doesn't really stand up for himself and i think that's where summer really is sort of a great support mm-hmm. for him because she's I understand that this is really dangerous so but you I'm not going to change your mind about it so let's try to be safe and smart about this thing that is your passion because I don't want to be the person who's going to tell you not to do the thing that you love yeah. and that's how it comes back they're at like the end the, they're like the missing like you said I think in the beginning of the summary like they were the missing emotion or support or like whatever they were lacking in their life from people who loved them already but not in like the way they necessarily needed it also this is another comparison to that hockey book for some reason it really bugs me in books when somebody's like a really good athlete and it's gonna be like really successful and their parents are like we are still playing these sports like we are still playing around with balls and i'm like yeah what parent wouldn't be incredibly proud of their kid to be like an nfl like 
first pick? A shitty one, Summer. A shitty one. One that we need for the plot. This is stupid. (laughs) I know. And things like, and like, Rhett's, we're saying that Rhett's mother Mm -hmm. isn't alive and neither is Summer's. So that's also like a shared experience that they have. Um, Which actually they don't talk about really as connecting them, which I like. So it's not, let's dig up family trauma anyway. But I think in, it's not, it's, you don't get as much Harvey, the dad in Flawless, but in the next book in Heartless, he's actually like a really big part because they're on the ranch the entire time rather than being on the road because Kate is at the ranch and running the ranch. Harvey is hilarious. He's so funny. He's probably like my favorite part about the next book. But Cade, I think it's like, he more so feels, Cade, who is the oldest brother, feels a pressure to live up to whatever standards that he thinks that Harvey has for him. And then he's projecting onto Rhett being like, why don't you Mm -hmm. want these things? So I think like for, and Harvey's not necessarily as, why would you do that? It's more Mm -hmm. Cade. The brother who you should be yeah. over here taking care of the family yeah. and helping out when he's just trying yeah, to earn money. So that the yeah, but at least with this <laughs> one know. makes sense with bull riding being like, let's step away. Like you did great, proud of you. But every time you get on there, like it's a risk you're dying. It's not like football or hockey where like they're violent sports and there always is that risk. But it's yeah. You're not gonna get trampled yeah, by it. It's not like a, every time. I don't know how much it's not like way. a flip of the coin. I could die, I could not die. So right, I appreciate that. Like the lack of family support wasn't them just being like grumpy and being like stupid. It was like worn. Where being you can't go be a pro athlete because you have to take over daddy's yeah. law firm. <laughs> like it, it's like there's a difference there, and I think it's like in this, it's more that they're just also they're projecting that they're so scared for his like mm-hmm. health or whatever rather than yeah. anything else i don't know but they're not so bad they're not so bad no, i honestly. like them all i really want Bo's story mm-hmm. i think he's gonna be mm-hmm. a, a cinnamon roll golden retriever but like daddy dom in bed <laughs> <laughs> yeah Elsie doesn't really write like soft dudes mm-hmm. in bed at least like in the six books of hers that I've read <laughs> he reminds me a lot of at least the little snippets we get of Jonas from Stolen to Fight where he's just like happy and doofy and but also like really deadly yeah, for sure. And I think when it comes to whenever you're writing like a book or like a series of books about a group of men, whether they're brothers or friends or whatever, it's like you can always deduce what the last one or the last two are going to be based on what the two previous ones were. But I can definitely see Bo doing like a golden retriever. But I just like I really want her to write a an age gap where the woman is older. But I don't know if we're going to get that out of Elsie. Mm. But... I don't know. I like her men. I really like all the men that she writes. They're feminist Um, icons. Like, I definitely... (laughs) I don't know about that. (laughs) I wouldn't go so far. But they're, like... 
they don't I feel like a lot of times they like MMCs have really annoying qualities where I'm ugh, like I would yeah. punch you in real life but there's like not much that they Elsie's men do that I would punch them for in real life that I can think of off the top of my head and obviously like I'm talking about her previous series which is the Gold Rush Ranch series so those are more more small town than these I feel like the like protective over the top like jealous male main character I feel like there was a good balance of him being like protective and like jealous and like reactive but also at the same time it wasn't like mafia books where they're like slitting somebody's throat and cutting out their eyes for breathing in the same room as their girl and what was it his dad said something like really sweet that was like it never mattered whose eyes were on your mom. Everyone was looking at her whenever we were in a room, but her eyes were always on me. And Rhett was then able to mm-hmm. go to the bar and watch Summer be happy and dance with her brother and appreciate her from afar, not territorially, which mm-hmm. was different. I haven't seen that in many books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you've also been reading a lot of like really dark stuff where it's, oh, you happen to be in the same state as my woman. You're dead. I... But I do think that, like, the two scenes that we get with Summer's shitty ex, which is, it's, like, that, it's, like, not a big part of the plot, but they're, like, two really fun scenes that really advance, I think, their relationship a lot, which is the first one is they're at the hospital, Mm -hmm. and Summer sees, Summer's ex is a doctor at a hospital, and he Rhett is you want to make him jealous and he kisses summer while he's this ex is watching and but summer was like i'm not trying to make him jealous and Rhett's we're gonna have a good time anyway and so that's i think Mm -hmm. that's their first kiss but it's it's always fun for me it's always fun when there's their first kiss is always for show or it's like a Mm -hmm. dare or something but then they're like oh shit oh shit and then the second one is like my absolute favorite where summer's ex calls her and is just being shitty and Summer's annoyed, but it's when she's still in bed with Rhett in the morning and Rhett's, you're going to sit on my face while you talk to your ex on the phone. And I'm like, I love those scenes in general where it's like someone's on the other end of a phone while something sexual is happening. That is like one of my, it's not really a trope, but like a thing that happens in books. So I'm like, mm-hmm. love it, love it. But yeah, and then the shitty ex Rob figures out what's happening while they're on the call, which is I even better. I loved like watching so. Summer's even just the growth she had in that one phone call where in the beginning she was like trying to be muffled and polite and not let on what's going on and then by the end she's like calling Rhett's name before she hangs up (laughs) yeah yeah but I think that's like a good like like encapsulation of how her relationship goes with Rhett like the entire time because she's it starts off with oh we can't like we're on the road and absolutely not like I definitely want to bang you but we this is a business relationship it's not happening and Rhett is it and then he kind of dares her or like pushes her onward but yeah no it's like I just I, I really enjoyed their interactions because there's they can he can dish it out but she can like she can take it mm-hmm. and dish it back and at no point does it feel like forced or I don't want to say pick me, but it feels genuinely smart banter, yeah. like smart banter and not, yeah. you know what I'm getting like at? Like the only times, like a lot of times her quips were like, were smart and like witty. And then also 
and I don't know if this is what you're referring to, but a lot of them, or there's very few ones that were about, like, sexualizing a situation, which I feel like sometimes in... Yes, like, it's not innuendo. It's just straight up, like, banter, as you would have with Yeah, like, it's not... And towards the end, once they're, like, more in a relationship, you get that. But in the beginning, it's not, oh, wouldn't you like to know what's under this skirt? <laughs> and then, ma'am, okay. this is a Publix. <laughs> <laughs> this is a this Walmart. What's a, that, what, wait? They're in Canada. This is a Timmy Hor- Tim Hortons. What's it called? Timmy's? I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to Tim make Hortons. Canadian jokes. All I know, know Tim no, Hortons nothing. is in Eden, New York, which is outside of Buffalo, which is near Canada. But yeah, Tim Tim Hortons is like the Canadian okay. dunks, basically. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's but that's what I'm saying. Like, it's not just overly sexualized banter and that's where like the banter parts comes from it where it's Mm -hmm. like innuendo it's actually funny quips so i really like that and that's what that's in all of elsie's books willa has a very smart i'm really excited for her book the audio i think the audiobook is out it came out two days ago for heartless as well and it's very fun. Both of the audiobooks are actually very they good. Were, it was a good... I don't know if I'd call it a palette cleanser, because I like haven't finished other books to have a palette. But it was a good, funny, witty, spicy when it needed to be. Like, I wasn't super emotionally invested, which sometimes is nice to not feel like half your soul ends when a book ends. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's. I think it's the perfect... like. I really think that Elsie has hit the, or at least for me, she hits the perfect level of the characters are strong and interesting without feeling like characters from every other book that you've read. She's actually Mm -hmm. very funny. Like, I'm not necessarily like laughing out loud because I like, read with a straight face no matter how funny or spicy or emotional things are unless it's like Dramione fanfic and then I'm apparently a sobbing mess the entire time but so her I will definitely like chuckle when I read Elsie's books and the she's really good at creating this world of characters where very quickly you're invested in knowing more about the Mm. side characters like the side characters aren't there just to plot forward for the main couple like obviously that's it's a function of what they do but you're still there oh because like when i mentioned jasper you're like like you're immediately like tell me more about these characters and i think that's a really that's a really good like or an admirable skill as an author but yeah no i just i just love her stuff and it's as a person who's like uh an avowed city girl like I can hold my own in the country but like ranch life is never going to be it for me but I'm very much what if I move to like Montana <laughs> and I think that a lot of people obviously like Devney Perry stuff isn't as like lighthearted, and Elsie's definitely spicier than Devney Perry but I think a lot of people will be like oh like Devney Perry's has the ranch small town cowboy thing on lockdown and to me Elsie does similar things but she is more skilled in writing characters that don't feel like replicas of so yeah i mean i love elsie and i have to say like she i read the first book that i read of hers which is off to the races was 
prodded by Teresa and Lexi. Lexi reads books and bookish Teresa on the social medias. So I can't take credit for reading Elsie or whatever, but I've certainly, they like, they were like, you need to read Elsie. And I was immediately like, all right, let's go for this. And I truly love her. And Elsie is really a very sweet, lovely person. I'm always happy to talk about Elsie and hype up her books. I'm also so re I'm so relieved that you liked it because you've had a bad track record with like cowboy sports and small town all the things. <laughs> and I was like, I'm gonna have to like reevaluate our friendship. What if I didn't like Lords of Pain or like the Royals of Forsyth? Like our friendship yeah. might be on the Which line. <laughs> Royals of Forsyth was another one where Daniel Payne, Killian's father, was like, "You're still doing football." And I'm like, he's going to make millions and not be dealing drugs. Can we have a little parental pride? He wasn't the, he wasn't a dad of the year. Yeah, anyway, I guess so. he had other flaws, <laughs> I guess you could say. But that goes, I feel like that speaks to Elsie's writing. Actually, I think we already talked about this briefly yeah. in the group chat, but I was reading this other book and it was not driving with me. I was annoyed I it all and then because a lot of it felt too on the nose it felt like things were being spelled out like too clearly and it wasn't giving yep I wasn't involved like in the characters emotions I was just being like told about them and then this is like in the very beginning it's like page 18 where Rhett is walking into Kip the agent's like fancy business building in the city yeah, And he says, I walk into the opulent building. Everything is shiny. The floor, the windows, the stainless steel elevator doors. It makes me want to go smudge my hands all over them just to mess things up. And I feel like that's such a simple, like, innocuous sentence. But to me, I, like, highlighted it because this is what I want. Like, we learned so much about <laughs> Brett in those few sentences. Yeah. And it tells us so much more about him than being, like, he's hot-headed and crazy country boy. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely, it's not, it's not about his, it's not about his behavior. It, and it's not quite about how he fits in to that world. Like he's clearly reluctantly in this world. Like his world is like in the rodeo mm -hmm. arena where the getting reamed by your agent for losing yeah. a sponsorship, that's like the shitty part of the job and she, he's I don't want to deal with this I just want to ride but then I think like this him saying I just want to smudge my hands it's such a good metaphor for him just like liking things like a little rough around the edges but also more like real and less mm -hmm. the facade mm -hmm. but yeah no you're absolutely right it's it is a very skillful yeah. sentence for sure what are your other go-to feel-good palette cleanser authors or books? Actually, I it's funny you mentioned Megan Quinn earlier. Megan Quinn is one of those authors for me where half of her stuff, I'm like, this should be used as kindling, <laughs> like straight up. It's I'm like, I what is this? And then some of her stuff I really love. I think her skill is in the spicier side like it works better for her writing style and she writes she's actually also one of the one of the authors that I find very truly funny but it's not just that like she can write jokes but her storylines can be really funny in mm -hmm. like absurd 
but it's like you suspend your disbelief as you are reading a spicy rom-com already like in so not meant to be which is her the second book in the kane brother series the the guy has a low-key emotional drunk breakdown and becomes a massive patron for this like pigeon rescue it's completely absurd it's completely <laughs> absurd but it's so funny and it works so well in the plot like i that i love megan quinn for that but sometimes i pick up her stuff like she did an amazon like short christmas short story or whatever and i was like this is awful <laughs> even like an intern at hallmark would write something more compelling so she's just sometimes it do be hidden and sometimes it's not but she she's definitely like a good palate cleanse cleanser author for me she like yeah. she's the one that comes to mind she's she also cranks out books like nobody's business literally so one can, a month i can understand why some of them maybe hit and some maybe falling through the cracks <laughs> For sure. Yeah. <laughs> they can't all be winners. Yeah, I think I she did a she posted like a twenty twenty two summary and I think she was like, Oh, I wrote nine hundred and eighty thousand words published Jesus. words <laughs> in twenty twenty two and I was like I'm oh having like God. a heart attack That's just like, thinking about that. <laughs> It's like a phone book and a half. It's like her writing should be measured in yeah. not words. I was so happy when Make Me made it past, like, 80,000 words, which is, like, mm -hmm. on the short end of, like, romance genre. Yeah. But all my other books had been, like, so short, unintentionally, and I guess I don't really, I don't really pay attention to, like, word count, except for when I'm at the end and I'm like, I just want my book to be 300 pages. And then... This book was my longest one, <laughs> and I think it was, like, 297 or something, because the way she formatted it was, like, made it really narrow. You should take the Twisted Sisters approach, and you just mess with the formatting, <laughs> so you get to whatever page numbers that you want, because the last Zodiac Academy book is, I think the ebook is, like, nearly 1,300 pages, but the printed book is, I think, like, 680 <laughs> or something but there's no margins and the font is oh, yeah. point that's because i think i heard like an interview about this or something where like they have a lot of times maybe not a lot but it has happened where they exceed the amount of page numbers that you can have in on the amazon like print on demand like platformer yeah Amazon's, Amazon's like, you need to start paying extra yeah. for paper and glue. Otherwise, we're not publishing this phone book yeah. for you. What are you currently reading? And what's on your TBR? And by TBR, like, wishful... Okay, you're better at actually reading things that you like <laughs> on your TBR. But like, on your wishful, like, I'm interested in reading this. I am currently reading... I'm almost, actually, I was gonna say I'm almost done with it, but that's not really true. I think I'm probably like 60% of the way through Fractured Lies. The Haley Jenner I think one? That's what it's called. I, I think it's Fractured Lies. The Haley Jenner one. Or Virtuous yeah. Lies. Fractured. Oh, sorry. It's Virtuous Lies is the first one in the duet. The second one is Fractured Souls. Souls or Secrets? I think. The one that just came out? It's either or. 
I think it's secret. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Anywho. I know okay. because those have been okay. on my list, the- but I like haven't gotten to them because of all the other ones I read. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The nine. Maybe it's eight now because you finished one. Yeah. So I'm reading that. It's good. I just feel like this is now my fourth Mafia Man Protects a Younger Woman from Worse People book this month. And I'm, they're all starting to melt mm. together a little bit. But I, I am enjoying it. It is... I it got like spicy and promising and I was like yeah let's go and then it was like actually we're gonna marry her off to someone else and I was like damn it so now we're waiting for Enzo to get his shit together and I'm like don't try to marry her off to your brother anyway I'm just now digressing but it's good for that iteration of a mafia man protects a younger vulnerable woman that's a good iteration. The FMCs are not annoying. They actually have personality and it's not just that like they were broken. Like that's not their personality. Then I have two arcs that I have to finish soonish. But after those, one that I'm like really I have no obligations for is the Delaney Foster Obsidian Brotherhood series, which is what our friend Meg has been reading. I feel like a couple of other people have been reading it. The first book is Mischief Night. So I don't, I know absolutely nothing about it, except that when Meg is very excited about them. So it's, this is a consider me quote fished in that sense where Meg was like, it's good. You should read it. And she doesn't really hype books that much. So I'm like, and it wasn't just, this is good. You should read it. I feel like there was some like squealing involved and like very moved. Yeah. Yeah, she was like, she was being very, she was being very vocal about mm-hmm. the current book that she was reading, which mm-hmm. she doesn't always do. So I was like, she has a lot of opinions and emotions yeah. about this one. But yeah, that's, I think that's pretty much what I'm getting at. But there are a couple of arcs that I do need to knock What arcs? Quickly. Are you allowed to say? I, I have. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't think, yeah. I don't think it's a secret. I have Morgan Elizabeth's. It's the second in a duet that it's Diamond Fortress, which is her like foray into mafia. It's like very Sopranos-y. Mm-hmm. I didn't super love the first one, but I think it's just because she's like getting her feet wet in writing more like yeah. suspense because she's written like fun, small town, Jersey, yeah. seashore kind of stuff. And then before. she just released um, the other one. And then I... Yeah, she's also she also cranks out yeah. books really quickly. <laughs> I think she has another one coming out in March. And that's a I think like a Taylor Swift inspired one. Then I have the second in the Boys of Bellrose series, Dirty Truths by Tate James and Jamin Eve. That's dumb. The first one was good. Yeah, it's a white choose. It's a rock star white choose. So the first one was it was a good setup for a white choose, but it was only mm-hmm. like three hundred pages. So I'm excited to actually like get into yeah. the plot this time. What are you reading? What are you trying to finish? Um, what I'm probably going to go back to now that I finished this book for this podcast is Sinner's Playground. I seriously have like probably less than 100 pages left to be able to crank that out. I'm reading Cruel Saint for an annotation pass around with Naomi and Megan by Michelle Hurd, which I started and I was like, damn this dude is unforgivable like he kept doing worse and worse shit and it was like only the prologue and I was like "Uh uh-uh and then I realized I like because I didn't read the blurb (laughs) I just went into it blind because somebody else picked it and I realized that he wasn't the main character (laughs) I was like my god like 
This is the worst man. I, I tolerate a lot of shit in romance, but I think when he slapped her in the face, non-sexually, I was like... Yeah, this is, this is, I feel like it's really easy to get used to, like, the first male main character, or first male mm-hmm. character. You're like, oh, like, this is the prologue yeah. now, we meet him. And then you're like, yeah. oh no, oh no, yeah. that wasn't him, thank God, <laughs> for sure. I do, I have heard good things about Michelle Hurd as well. Let's see, Virtuous Lies, which is, like, the one you were talking about. I have downloaded at some po- I got maybe I want to say like halfway or just kidding 20% through <laughs> the center there's a fun crazy thing going on wait the center by Chantel about the center by Chantel Tessier, Tessier, Tessier. Oh, Chantel Tessier. Oh, and the same woman yes, who wrote the, the ritual. Because I was, I was like, wait, Sinner no. by Sarah Simone. You have, I have it. That? <laughs> oh my oh, but god! But also Sinner is anonymous. I'm yeah. too many sinners is what's happening. Bunch of sinners up in here. But Sinner's anonymous. I'm actually probably like three quarters of the way through. I'd pro- I I want to go back to that. I have a bunch of paperbacks I want to read. Anyhow, we'll see what happens. <laughs> Chaos. Chaos is what's happening. I'm also finally started getting into my flow-ish with book three of the Fox family. And it was like Mer- Mercury and Retrograde or whatever. But I was convinced that I am never going to be able to write another word. I took all of January or all of December off, <laughs> like a full month off from writing. And I was like, I lost it. Like, I... I don't know how to write. Not, I literally wasn't making sense. Naomi was alpha reading and she was like, this could be reworded or this is confusing. And then I messaged her and I was like, wow, like I just read your comments. That doesn't make any sense. Like my sentences just like literally don't make sense. She's like, okay, good. So it wasn't just me. But now I think Mercury's out of retrograde. Feeling a little bit better. Out of, out of the microwave. microwave. On the little glass plate what plate <laughs> okay anywho and when i'm in my like mopey i'm never gonna be able to write again modes it's hard for me to read because i'm like they did it they're writing good things and i'll never <laughs> be able to write no, yeah. you'll get, you'll i think get it it's, com- it's coming back it's coming yeah if you write it, i feel like you had a moment there where you were like i have all the spiciness planned out now we just need a plot <laughs> Am I exposing you? A little bit. A little bit. It's okay. I am really excited for this one. It's fine. Every author has their method, right? <laughs> Here's the smut. Now, how do we get yeah, from one smut scene to the next one? But this is the first book I have written or will have write, written that I will be writing where there isn't any like big feelings up front, whether it's like big hate or big love, or just, like, big emotional other stuff going on in the plot, where it's, like, they go through a trauma event together or something. It's a workplace <laughs> romance. <Yes. laughs> it is, I a mean, little bit, like, right? Kind of. He's hired to protect her. Um, but, so, sure. like, he's working a job. It's a, mo- it's a, yeah. it's a mafia <laughs> workplace romance. <laughs> but I do really like her. I'm, I'm very excited for it. Obviously. Anyhow, we should probably wrap up. 
Let's do question. it. What's your favorite spicy scene you've read recently? Ooh, that is complicated because I have a goldfish Swiss cheese brain. I want to say, hold on, let me look at my January reads. Maybe it'll refresh my memory. Because if not, I will give you my favorite spicy scene from Flawless. Mm. Uh, da, 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 da. I want to say this is probably my favorite from all of okay. January, and it is from a Megan oh. Quinn book. Yeah, it's from A Long Time Coming, which is a best friends to lovers romance, and they've gotten to the point where she has she's engaged to marry someone else and then he's oh shit i'm actually in love with her and now i'm the man of honor and i she she needs to break up with him but i can't cause the breakup it's actually very well done it sometimes can feel like yeah (laughs) but it's very well done but so there's a spicy scene where she takes i don't remember if they take a shower together but she takes a shower she comes out of the shower and he dries her and it's not even that it's a that spicy of a scene but he like dries her off completely and he's it's like the tension in it in the scene where he's, i think you're dry everywhere Let me just check. Stop. if you're yeah it's cheesy but it works but it's it's good because like he's in the context of it he's still you're not ready you're not sure. I'm sure, but you need to be the one who makes the choice. And then she's left like a panting mess on the floor. <laughs> yeah, I'm not dry everywhere. Anyway, I liked it. I I want to. I have some of her books on Audible because they're all duet. I want to dive back. I think yeah. my favorite was in Sinner's Playground when her and Fox mm-hmm. don't bang, but they like almost do, and like angry make out and dry hump each other like all over her small little trailer and break shit (laughs) and she's so angry about it and he's just i'm making you feel good just give in and she's i hate you (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think it's very telling that both of our favorite scenes are like they're not there yet like it's not actually like a straight up spicy scene it's like there's feelings involved it's that like angry the angry precipice yeah Thank you for co-hosting with me. This was a fun beginning episode for season three. Oh my god. Yay. That's crazy. Three seasons. How exciting. Three for 2023. This was a delight. Next week is going to be Naomi. And I don't know what book we'll be talking about. We probably won't be talking about a book. We'll probably be talking about our books and how nervous we are for a release. But other than that, dear listeners, have a great... (laughs) I don't know where I go with that. What was I going to say? I don't know. Thanks Thanks for for listening. listening. Happy reading. We'll see See you next week. week.